Hawks get blown out in Indiana, 150 to 116. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. I am your host, Tim Ogles, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mikey Kabrinsky, where we talk everything Hawks. Let's go! All right, Mikey, this was a really, really rough one for the Hawks. Um, I felt like the Hawks kind of came out really flat in this game. Me and you have talked about how the Hawks have really not been blown out in in any of their games so far this year, you know, from start to finish, and Indiana put a whooping on them. Um, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, you, you kind of – yeah, we we talked about the, the, the non-blowout situation for the Hawks. And if you look at a couple scores from earlier in the season – You've got the OKC Thunder game on the road and the game in Cleveland. Now, in those games, the Hawks were in the game until the fourth quarter, and it kind of fell away from them um, with, with, in a large margin. But in this game, it was really over by halfway through the second quarter. Indiana absolutely shot the lights out of the ball. There was little resistance from the Hawks. And you know, with all these trade rumors swirling around today, a uh, lot, especially on DeJounte Murray, who was really the only bright spot in this game for the Hawks, um, these these guys, it looked like their head was somewhere else, and it wasn't really on the court today. Yeah, it's it's been you know really interesting to see how the trade rumors have been popping up. Big names like Shams, um, Haynes, uh, a few others that have came out with rumors, you know, saying that you know Trey and Jalen are are the only untouchables for the Hawks and. It, it, I, I can imagine it gets in these guys' head, but you kind of let the, you can't let that affect the on-court play. And you know, um, do you want to go ahead and go into the first? Yeah, uh, but before before we do that for a little, um, did want to mention that DeAndre Hunter's reevaluation uh, coming back from that coming back from that knee uh, non surgical procedure is on Sunday. So let's see if the Hawks can get back. So a little bit more defense uh, with Dre. And regardless if he's trading or not, the Hawks will want him playing some of his best ball when he comes back to either give the team some confidence going into that deadline and give the front office something to, to look forward to uh, when they're looking to make these changes. Or just if he is traded, see if uh, they can, he can up his trade value a little bit uh, because we know the Hawks were looking to deal Hunter in the offseason, especially at the draft, with this very organization, the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, Um you know, if, if DeAndre does make it back, uh, I would love to see some defensive aim, impact. You know, this team is really struggling defensively, and they definitely did in this one. So going into the first, the Hawks started out this game on a 6-0 run. And in my mind, I'm like, all right, so the Hawks are going to be ready for this one. And, of course, Indiana, 9-0 run. Yeah, like you, you – they started – Two threes, DeJounte Murray, Sadiq Bay knocked down shots from deep. And for Sadiq Bay, it was one of those things where you really like to see that go in for him. He's been really struggling with his shot. And if he's not shooting the ball well, he's not really producing uh, a lot on the defensive end of the court. So when he knocks down that shot, you, you feel almost a sense of relief for him. 
uh, but unfortunately, it didn't really last that long. Yeah, and and the Hawks, you know, fought back a, a little bit. You know, at, at one point of uh, the five twenty five mark, it was fifteen to eighteen. Uh, Dejounte Murray hit a mid range shot, and Indiana goes on a six zero run, and you know, it ended up being a, a fifteen to two run for Indiana to really space out this game from the very beginning. I felt like at that point, you know, I hate to say this, but the Hawks were just fighting an uphill battle at that point. Yeah, and in the first quarter, offensively, you know, you, you're not look, used to seeing this Hawks team score only 24 points uh, in that first frame. Uh, but a lot, a lot of layups uh, uncharacteristically missed for the Hawks in here. Uh, Trey Young, Clint Capella definitely missed uh, a lot of looks inside. Uh, DeJounte Murray, who was good in this game offensively, um, did, he was really the only bright spot uh, in, any, in any case for, for the Hawks tonight. But just, just some rough, rough statistics here. The Patriots shot 68 from the field uh, in the first quarter compared to the Hawks, just 28%. And, it was, and at one point, the Hawks started 4 of 19 from the field. And that's just the, the offense. Is, you're not used to seeing that from a Quinn Snyder and Trey Young-led team. Yeah, and, you know, something that uh, really in the first quarter was kind of concerning is you could tell with the guys running up and down the floor that something was off. Um, normally, the guys have a little bit more pep in their step. It just seems like they had their heads down and not really into this game. Uh, I just don't get why. The Pacers – were really going into transition a lot. As, as no surprise, they're second in pace uh, in the entire NBA. And, you know, the, with with the Pacers running all this much, you know, Aaron Neesmith, uh, Ty, Tyrese Halliburton, Bruce Brown, Miles Turner, all these guys running down the court, they already ended up with nine fast break points at the end of the first quarter. And you can tell that that was their number one priority from the second they got that defensive rebound. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton pushed the ball up the court. but the Hawks, they just had to make it uh, an emphasis to get back on defense. They they just couldn't do that. Yeah, and at the end of the first, it was 38-24. You know, starting out the second, Obi Toppin went three for three on threes. The The Pacers up 45-26. to 26. It felt like, you know, Whenever we're talking about, you know, lack of effort on defense, rotations, sometimes you got to give Indiana a little bit of credit. They've moved the ball really well. They do. Uh, do. Definitely in the half court. Like, I felt like they were getting anything and everything they wanted. They were, you know, cutting and and dipping and dodging, and, and the ball was moving everywhere. Yeah. One, one play that consistently hurt the Hawks a lot was uh, when Miles Turner stopped at the nail on the short roll and he would have so many options, whether the whether the, the, the weak side wing screen for the corner uh, for, for a three or cut to the basket from the other corner from the strong side. I mean, there were countless uh, lobs and dunks and backdoor cuts from guys like Obi Toppin, Aaron Neesmith, Jalen Smith uh, in that second quarter, especially. So, the Hawks really could never found uh, never found a game plan to stop that kind of action from Halliburton and Turner. I think one thing they could have done better at that was not give Turner as much space to make that decision with with an easy pass. You know, Capella and Akangu, I think they could have done a lot better in terms of just putting pressure on the ball handler. Uh, in this case, Miles Turner, 
and making him make a tough pass instead of having him have all that room to, to make an easy pass. Yeah. And, you know, I, I felt like in the second, you know, it was one of those things where the Hawks were still getting decent shots, but it just didn't seem like the ball was going to go down. Like you had a lot of bogey missed threes that that happened. You had Sadiq Bay have a couple of threes. It was just the ball was not going in the hoop. And, you know, sometimes that's that's the case. But you know, to have three guys in and bogey Bay and Trey struggle like that from the three point line, it's hard to stay in games for sure. Yeah, especially when you're the Hawks who lean on who lean on their offense so much. Um, at the end, at the end of the half, at the end of the first half, it was seventy eight to fifty four Pacers, and you know, Dejounte Murray hit one of those buckets that I always mention about. You know, maybe some momentum heading into the second half, a four point play. Uh, with the Hawks' last possession, you know, they never did anything with that momentum. But DeJounte Murray had 17 at the end of the first half in this one, but everybody else pretty much struggled offensively. Uh, you got to give the Pacers some credit for their defense, especially in that first quarter. I thought the Hawks were really struggling to get into a lot of their actions uh, besides some of those missed layup in the first quarter. But the second quarter, I, I totally agree with you, Tim, there. A lot of missed open shots, especially uh, for guys on the perimeter. Yeah, and something uh, a weird stat for halftime is the Hawks shot nineteen of fifty, which is really, really bad. And Indiana shot thirty-one of forty-four, which is seventy percent. Um, like they just weren't missing, and nope. the Hawks were missing everything. It was. It was just one of those games. Both both of those statistics are very hard to do in their own right. Shooting 19 of 50 on some of those being open looks for sure, and then thir- shooting 31 of 44 on, on open looks, a lot of those three-pointers, that shooting is pretty much unrealistic as well. I mean, the Hawks' defense was really bad in this one, so it doesn't shock me that the Pacers played this well offensively in this game, but shooting 31 of 44. Wow. Talk about talk about shooting variance. It was not in the Hawks' favor tonight. Uh, but again, they it didn't they didn't really deserve it to, to not be in their favor uh, anyway. So, you know, you have that too. With the Pacers, they had a four score in double digits. They already had 16 fast break points at halftime, and the Hawks were five of 20 from three. Uh, so they were getting them up, but they weren't going in. Yeah, and, you know, something that I was looking at during this is, did you know that Jalen had a a really good first half in this game? And and as we go on in the second half, it just seems like it just tailed off. Like, it was one of those things where the Hawks started shooting more and more shots without moving the ball. And I, I think, like with with Jalen, he is he was more of a facilitator in the second half than he was a shooter. Yeah, I agree. Especially in the first, especially in the first quarter, they utilized him a lot. Um, he got the ball in the post a few times. There was one, you know, step back three, which when he was guarded by Aaron Neesmith, I didn't really understand in that corner. But other than that, you know, I think Jalen pl- played along with Murray was the only guy who had a good first quarter as well. Um, impacted the game on defense, had a couple steals, and then got got to the rim. But you know he had a three as well. But uh, unfortunately, it, it it seemed like the Hawks as a team, J- 
just really gave up even entering this third quarter. And just they they weren't run. It looked like they weren't running a lot of actions. Like they they were just they were just out of it by by halftime, which is certainly not a good thing if you're Quinn Snyder. And I'm sure, uh, ju- judging by some some of the some of the looks, some of the uh, the remarks that he's going to have in his post game conference, it it won't be too pretty in that locker room uh, after the game tonight. Yeah, and, and moving on to the third. The Pacers, uh, like this is where the game started to get really, really rough. As if it Um, wasn't bad enough. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, The Pacers scored on 18 of 20 possessions, and um, they built a 38-point lead on the Hawks in the third quarter. That's 38-point lead when both teams are top five in offense and one – one offense isn't working. One offense is. You're probably going to get that, as much as it pains me to say. But, yeah, the Hawks couldn't make anything. The Pacers were shooting the lights out of the ball. A lot of open corner threes. Miles Turner, Obi Toppin really heard them. So, And this 18 of 20 stretched him. At one point, they had 15 straight possessions um, combined from the be- end of the second quarter to the beginning of the third quarter. And this was really where the Hawks just – the the ship the ship had been sunk at that point. Yeah, and you know, with with everything going on in the third, I felt like it it was like when they got to that thirty eight point lead. You know, at, at that point, I was like, man, I wonder if they call off the dogs already. Like, do you go ahead and clear the floor and start getting? You know, we we've all been talking about. AJ Griffin, we've we've talked about Seth Lundy. Um, it didn't look like neither one of those guys were going to get rotation minutes uh, in this game a- until you know, you know, we figured out it was going to be a blowout. They ended up getting minutes, but I thought maybe it was a good opportunity to try to get them into the game and let them, you know get some really good run that they haven't had a chance to do. And, you know, AJ, since December 11th, he hasn't been checked in for the Hawks. So, you know, to see him hit the floor is nice. But, you know, I know a lot of people you say you can't really concede in the third quarter. But, you know, I don't think it's conceding. But I, I would have liked AJ to maybe get a little bit more run since he hasn't seen the floor as often. Yeah, you've seen you've seen a couple coaches in the past. I know Doc Rivers used to do this uh, with Philly, and and in in a game against the Hawks in the playoffs, he did where you know the starters didn't have the energy tonight. And this was not just on the starters uh, in this case for the Hawks, but there are nights when the starters just don't have it. And I remember a, a couple years ago, a game against the Clippers in LA, the Clippers bench honestly just towards the Hawks, and they Tyron Lue left them in. And these guys erased a 20-point lead in the second half and ended up winning the game. So it, it can happen sometimes. It's, it's rare. But as, as if we go back to this game, this game wasn't just on starters. It wasn't just on the bench. I mean, everybody really didn't contributed negatively on the defensive end. And then the only bright spot offensively was Murray, who you know ended up dropping a 30-point night. Yeah, uh, something I wanted to bring up. You know, we this is the second time the Hawks have played the Indiana Pacers. Do you know the Hawks have given up 307 points in two games? 
to the Indiana Pacers. Oh my goodness, that is a crazy stat. Crazy. It's insane. Like, and going into the fourth, the Hawks go on an eight-zero run to make it one twenty to ninety-two. But you know, Matherin and Buddy Hield um, just kind of put the game away at that point. They they come out and hit both hit threes, and it, it just kind of you know killed the Hawks' hope of, of making you know a somewhat of a comeback. Uh, one twenty six to one ninety two um, at that point, and you know here comes garbage time. Yep, seven minutes left. Uh, Quinn Snyder. And Rick Carlisle, they emptied their benches. So you saw those minutes from Seth Lundy, from A.J. Griffin. Trent Forrest was actually in the game in the main rotation. But, you know, Bruno Fernando in the game as well there. Uh, so for, for the Hawks, re- really, something that you're not going to be proud of is, is this statistic right here. The Pacers had 50 assists in this game. The NBA record is 53. I think that stat there in and of itself just – tells you how poor the Hawks defensively uh, played tonight and just their effort on that end. A lot of times we've discussed on this podcast, Tim, that the backline defenders, especially for the Hawks, uh, the point of attack defense, we know that's going to struggle with Trey and Murray in the backcourt, but the backline just is not organized. And, and, you know, Hunter helps with that tremendously. But right now it's, it's really not good at all. And you, you can't, you can't give up. 50 assists in a game that that's just unheard of yeah that is definitely the uh the uh epitome of hurt when when you hear that number because i can imagine every hawks fan once they see that number is like yeah there's no way the hawks are even remotely getting close to winning a game when a team has that kind of stat yeah to me to me what what that says is and I'm going to go back to, to a quote that uh, Lloyd Pierce used. The, the Hawks, the Pacers did not feel the Hawks tonight on defense. And they, they, were not, they were not physical. And it's just, it's just this was one of those nights where they, they just didn't have it. That happens, unfortunately. And it's, it's no excuse. But over 82 games, it's going to happen. Came at a rough time, though, for the Hawks, really, because they had looked like after an impressive win against OKC, Maybe they had some momentum going, but unfortunately, train stopped, <laughs> derailed immediately after that game a day and a half later. Yeah, and you know, speaking on the defensive side, um, there was just no resistance. Like Indiana was getting anything and everything they wanted, whether it was at the rim, whether it was at the three point line. They, you know, shout out to Indiana. They played they one hell of a game tonight. Yeah. Yeah, you got to give a lot of credit to them. Rick Carlisle came out with a good offensive game plan. Halliburton didn't shoot a lot tonight, dished out 18 assists, I believe, in only 26 minutes. Uh, so, you know, he's he's a heck of a player. And, you know, he's in a system right now that's really, really taking advantage of, of his, his talents. And the Pacers have a lot of role players around him to complement his skill set. So Pacers did a great job building the team around him. And, no, they're playing really confidently right now. Six wins in a row for Indiana. Yeah. As we, no one... as we move on to the box score here, for the Hawks, you know, Bruno Fernando, A.J. Griffin, Seth Lundy, these guys all got garbage time minutes. Fernando ended up with six points, two rebounds, also had a block. A.J. Griffin hit a three for his first uh, minutes of action in a while. 
And then Seth Lundy also hit a three as well. Yeah, and, and moving on to the more prominent minutes, uh, Garrison Matthews, 19 minutes, two for three from the field, uh, two for three from deep, um, six points, two assists, three rebounds. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't know if I can compliment any Hawks player. Uh, I felt like, uh, you know, Garrison was just okay. Yeah, for Trent, Trent Forrest now, it's been a mainstay in the rotation for two straight games, which is interesting wrinkle there from Quinn Snyder. I think I like that decision uh, the, more, the more I think about it, just because the point of attack and size uh, for Trent Forrest, he's really the only guy on, on, active on the roster that's going to be able to guard these, these quicker guards with the size and the, the, the ranginess that he has. So I like that switch up from Quinn. He played uh, 14 minutes, two or four from the, from the field for six points. One steal, two assists, two rebounds. Offensively is limited, but I do like the defense that that he can potentially bring. So, uh, wonder if we see some more minutes from him. Judging that, you know, the Hawks played two matchups of elite point guards with Halliburton and Jago Alexander. So, interesting uh, tidbit there for Hawks fans to look forward to or or keep an eye on. Yeah, and moving on to Yaka Kongu, um, twenty minutes, one for one on the field. From the field, which is very strange stat for Anyeka. Six rebounds, two is uh, one assist, three points. Anyeka had a rough night. Yeah, as we at least go on, as we continue to say that for a lot of Hawks here, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich in 23 minutes struggled mightily from the field tonight. One of nine from three, three of 14 from the field. Did hit nine of ten free throws. So you like to see that. Uh, but he ended with 16 points, two steals, three assists, and four rebounds. I did one of, one of those nights for Bogey where the ball couldn't find the net. And with his defensive struggles, now he's a physical defender, but he's not going to really stay in front of guys. And, and he was part of the defensive problem there as well, as was pretty much the entire team. Yeah, and, and moving to another defensive problem, Sadiq Bay, 30 minutes, two for seven from the field, one for six from deep. Uh, did hit all four free throws, four rebounds, two assists, nine points, minus 22 in the plus minus. Uh, Sadiq Bey had a pretty rough game. We've talked about if he's not hitting three-pointers, his defense just – I don't know if it's enough to keep him on the floor. And in this game, it definitely uh, was one of those things where if it – you know, if the Hawks had probably a better option, they might have went to it. Yeah, he gives gives up a lot of back cuts. And in this game in particular, you know, it was Bay, but along with Jalen Johnson, DeShante Murray as well, uh, the three of those guys, I think, I thought, just were not focused on the defensive end tonight, giving up a lot of back cuts. As we move on here to more of the starters, Clint Capella played 19 minutes and was four of nine from the field for nine points, seven rebounds, added a block. It's not a good night from Capella either. So, like, you know, the, the, the trend continues here. But something that I'd like to point out with the minutes here is in a game where, where Capella did not start out well, I'd like to see more minutes for Omakangu. And I think at some point the Hawks have to figure out what they have in Onyeka Okangu playing 30 minutes a night. So we'll see if something happens on the trade deadline related to that. Uh, but it's something that I, I think from a development standpoint, You've got to explore that if you're the front office. Yeah, and whenever you have a guy like Miles Turner who really stretches the floor 
uh, I think that it, it takes Clint Capella out of his game uh, of what he really does best, and he, he struggled pretty bad. Um, moving to Jalen Johnson, 29 minutes, five from 11 from the field, one one for four from deep, you know, hit one free throw, eight rebounds, three assists, one steal, 12 points. Uh, Jalen had an okay game. He, he played pretty good in the first quarter, uh, you know, the first half. The second half was just rough. Yeah, yeah. Def- defensively, definitely not one of his – his better nights as well. As we move on here to Trey Young, in 28 minutes, really rough on the field. One of 11 from three, four of 18 from the field, four of five from the line for 13 points, two steals, six assists, and two rebounds. Tim, uh, I think it's time to say that a couple a couple games ago before, Trey had an AC shoulder sprain, and this has coincided with some really bad shooting nights. Obviously, the Wizards are the Wizards. A lot of people play good against them. Every he, That's like a get-right game. Uh, so the people are going to shoot well against their, their poorest defense, similar to the Hawks. But um, I wonder if, if if you're the Hawks, if you're Quinn Snyder, you ask Trey, hey, like, are you okay? Do, do you need to sit a game or two? Because it, it hasn't looked good for Trey in every game since he popped up on the injury report a couple games ago. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you could tell something's bothering Trey, but as we all know, these NBA players, whether you ask them if they're okay or not, they're going to tell you they're okay because, you know, they're they're hoopers. Like, they always want to be on the floor. Trey always wants to play. And you could tell, you know, he's wearing uh, the – what's that tape called kinesiology tape on on his shoulder so you know that like it's bothering him but you know he he's went stents where he's wore a longer compression sleeve like it's one of those things where Trey like you you're going to have to really hurt him to get him out of this lineup and sometimes you have to deal with that um Maybe maybe Quinn should just sit him and, and, you know, let him get healthy, you know, whether Trey says he is or not. Yeah, I, I, agree, I agree. And then for the player of the game for the Hawks, DeJounte Murray played the most minutes on the team, 34 minutes, 13 of 19 from the field, two of three from three, hit both free throws for 30 points, two, two assists, one rebound. Uh, DeJounte was the only consistent bright spot tonight for the Hawks. Really good offensively, and you know, de- defensively it was similar of a struggle. But um, the, the offensively, I don't think Hawks fans who even want to trade Murray, I don't think they can complain too much with the offensive adjustment that he's made in terms of playing in Quinn Snyder's system and then being able to adjust his game off the catch. Yeah, I, I thought over these last probably two or three games, he he's, he's strung together some good games. And, you know, other other than, you know, the defensive side of the ball, I, I felt like DeJounte had a pretty good game. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things where, you know, you hate to see DeJounte have a really good night like this and, and the rest of the Hawks struggle so bad from the field. Like, uh, I, I just wanted – Trey, Trey and Bogey shooting two for 20 is something that I definitely did not have on the bingo card for tonight. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely, definitely something that you don't, you're not used to seeing if you watch Hawks games. 
Yeah, and, and you know, we'll go to um, the Hawks' next game is against the Orlando Magic in Orlando on Sunday, 6 p.m. start. Um, we'll go to the three keys. The first key to this game is going to be short-term memory. And, you know, with that, I think the Hawks need to flush this game. You know, don't watch the film. Just throw it out the window and, and get ready for Orlando. Um, the past is the past. Get ready for the next one because – they come quick, and you need to be ready. Yeah, Orlando's another team that's going to play fast. Uh, you know, their guards, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, these guys like to push the pace. And at the moment, we don't know if Franz Wagner is going to play. Um, Paolo Moncaro injured himself last game as well, but he came back. So with uh, with a good opponent, good young opponent like the Pacers, uh, again, you've, you've got to flush this game, like you said, and – be, be able to control what you can control, which is the game ahead. Keeping Jalen out of foul trouble will be the second key. Um, without DeAndre Hunter, and if Franz Wagner doesn't play, Paolo Moncaro will easily be the go-to scoring option for the Magic. Jalen Johnson right now is the only guy on this roster with really um, much of a chance at, at slowing him down and kind of containing him, keeping him out of rhythm. So keeping Jalen out of foul trouble and on the court for as many minutes as possible is going to be key in this game for the Hawks to set up a victory. Yeah. And, and with, with Jalen, we watched him struggle in, uh, in, in the OKC game with guys like SGA who are a little bit more crafty um, the way they go up to draw fouls and stuff like that. I don't think Paulo Vancaro is really, as crafty as a guy like SGA, but he plays with force. So uh, a guy like Paulo can draw a good bit of fouls, you know, the way he gets to the rim. So he's got to be pretty cautious on on the way he deals with that or the, the way the Hawks want to deal with that defensively. Um, going into the third key of this game is no one to attack. Um, the Orlando Magic have some really – really good perimeter defenders, um, Suggs being one of them. I think that, you know, if you're the Hawks, uh, I, I'm not choosing a matchup where I'm tacking Jalen Suggs. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm, wa I'm wanting a way to get him, you know, screened off and be able to tack a, a real mismatch. And, you know, they have to be – the Hawks have to be really cautious on when they attack and who they attack. Yeah, and rookie Anthony Black, they've been starting him. He's also a really good perimeter defender. So Trey, DeJounte Murray, they're going to have their hands full as far as being able to beat their man off the dribble and try to attack Orlando's paint. Once you get there, uh, Gogan Hadze, Mo Wagner, Wendell Carter Jr., these guys aren't the best paint protectors and defensive anchors. So let's see if the Hawks can kind of break down their defense on the perimeter. And if that happens, I think they have a good shot to bounce back and, and get back on the winning train in 2024. And that'll do it for this episode of the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast content like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can follow me on X at Pinwizard 300 and follow Tim at TimHawks23. Be on the lookout to receive the latest Hawks coverage from us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.